hour. LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's ha 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 freaking go. Your boy went viral today on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, because of the Makai Wingo clip that was heard around the world. I didn't think that that tweet was going to go viral because, well, I just clipped it because I wanted to talk about it today on the show. Uh, and, and you will see it here in just a second, a relatively terse meeting with Matt House. Loaded show today. We've gotten some breaking news over the past uh, five hours here. Brian Thomas Jr. made it official. He's going to the NFL draft. No real shock there. And then, of course, Charles Turner made his announcement to the NFL draft. We felt pretty good about BTJ. Also felt pretty good about Charles Turner when it was pretty clear that his senior bowl intentions what was to go to Mobile and participate in the premier all-star game for NFL draft prospects. So obviously crazy day. So what I'm going to do, if you're listening to this via podcast, um, you could go to the power hour LSU YouTube page and, and see this for yourself, but I will play the clip just to start, just to make sure we are all on the same page. So we have our body language experts out there that took it as a slight to Madhouse that he had this very stoic look on his face. Makai Wingo tweeted out a graphic. He talked about a lot of different coaches uh, outside of Brian Kelly and Elijah Drinkowitz. And the only assistant he really didn't mention was Madhouse. So take that for what it's worth. The bottom line is whether you take that body language from those guys as something or nothing, understand this. Madhouse was terrible. I thought he was better versus Wisconsin. I thought he called some good things and we didn't make good plays, but we cannot settle for mediocre defense at LSU. It's a slap in the face to the Tyron Matthews, the Patrick Petersons, the Chief John Chavises, the Dave Verandas that have built this LSU defensive legacy into what it is today. The recently retired Corey Webster even spoke to the DBs before the season, and uh, it's not – it didn't work, right? We cannot have this defensive bad play, and especially after watching the college football playoff, um, it's pretty clear that LSU would have been the number one seed and an undefeated team if they had any resemblance of a defense this year, okay? And look, it's, it's it's just a simple truth, and it's not a hot take. 
I, I, a lot of people would feel it was a hot take. I would have loved to have seen LSU go up against Michigan. LSU versus Washington would have been an absolutely fun game because there's still people in the national media with the absolute wrong take that Michael Panic should have won the Heisman Trophy over a guy who had better stats than every single Heisman Trophy winner who's ever existed. Um, but that's not here nor there. The point still remains the same. Any decent LSU defense would have won the national championship this year. And we just had the worst we've ever had at the school. And that is saying something when Ed Orgeron um, changed everything after Dave Veranda left in 2019. So, look, I I understand that tweet went viral. And I understand there's a lot of new followers. We've had a really good uh, year, obviously, on PH, over 10K subs. We're still growing. Um, I, I just always keep it a buck. I give you my honest opinions on everything. And that interaction did not change anything for me uh, regarding Madhouse. I am more disappointed, though, that Makai Wingo is going to the NFL because we desperately could have used him. He was pro football focused, his highest graded defender versus Wisconsin. I felt Mason Smith actually had a better game. Um, but still, we're still going to have to wait to see what Mason Smith's going to do. He's got a tough decision coming up as well. So, look, I'll tell you this. If I was an LSU defensive player, I would want all my coaches back because you've had so much turnover um, with your coaches up to this point. And we do need to do a good job re-recruiting our players back. But the truth is there needs to be a change at the LSU defensive coordinator position. I And, and it's just tough for me to get there with running it back with Madhouse. It's, it's just tough. Yes, people have bad years, but – my retort to that, and I, I've gotten messages and angry emails regarding this, and that's okay. It's part of the job. We're acting like Madhouse was Dave Aranda the year before, and he wasn't. I mean, we were bad defensively versus Auburn. We had some big defensive plays versus Auburn, but we gave up 6.3 yards per play to a Robbie Asher-led Auburn. Georgia ran us up and down the field. That's okay. Georgia was an all-time great team, but Texas A&M also ran us up and down the field. Okay. Yes, we had one of the best LSU defensive performances ever versus Bryce Young, and we held Bryce Young to under 50% completions. But still, outside of that, how many elite, elite defensive performances did we have under Matt House in that in that season? We had some. Really good second half versus Ole Miss. Um, but Still, I, I just, I just, it, it's one of those things where I think a, a change is needed. So, no matter what we talk about tonight, nothing is bigger than that decision that Brian Kelly's going to have to make whether or not you want to bring back Madhouse. But there's a lot of positive things I want to talk about. I don't just want to talk about Lance Hurd tonight, but a lot of you want to chat about Lance Hurd. And we're going to get to every single one of your comments tonight. We say hi to uh, the caucus. We see hi to Corrine. Larry, you have been gone. It's good to have you back, man. Lord's Disciple 88. Alan, the winner of the Jaden Daniels uh, photo earlier uh, this month. Brian Thomas Jr. hurts because of Lacey. Um, oh, because just Lacey. Okay, I see what you're saying. We say hi to Blue Mist. We say hi to Billy the Kid, L.A. Mom. I've had an absolutely crazy day. So I tweeted out the clip. It, it It's made its rounds. I'm not really viral on Twitter. We're about to hit 2,000 followers on there. It's not a lot, but still, I'm not a Twitter expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
we're, we're trying to grow on Facebook. Please share the live stream on Facebook. But obviously, I'm always going to be a YouTube guy. It's my favorite platform. Um, I, I want to talk about Lance Hurd. I do want to share one interesting fact about Lance Hurd here. Just to give you a little insight. Now, there have been a lot of people, and I mean a lot, that have reached out to me for my thoughts on Lance Hurd because we did a big interview with them before the season. Okay? I like Lance Hurd. I enjoyed my day with them. I have not really talked to him since that day. I'm just being honest, okay? Um, you know, there there are some players I do speak to, um, but I, I've not really spoke, uh, spoken to Lance since that day. Um, and I really enjoyed Lance Hurd. I do want to put you in his shoes just for a second. Obviously, he wants to play at LSU. He's from Louisiana. But let me give you a fact. Lance Hurd, who barely played this year, was an all-SEC offensive lineman. Okay? Did you know that when Lance Hurd put his name in the transfer portal today, he became the number one offensive tackle in the portal per on three expert Clark Brooks. Now, you all have your opinions of Clark Brooks. I know Clark uh, fairly well. We've texted back and forth um, a few times, and we've done a few radio segments together. He really knows ball. That's all there is to it. He's probably the best ball knower uh, on that site, and that's saying something. There's some really talented people that work there. Um, he has answered his number one transfer portal tackle. Now, think about that. He's rarely played. Lance Hurd has barely played at LSU, okay? And he is immediately the number one offensive tackle in the portal, all right? Now, what do we know about offensive tackle? It is a premium position. There is not an offensive down played with you not on the field, okay? And you're immediately the number one tackle in the portal? What does that tell you? That means he's going to start wherever he decides to go, unless he decides to come back to LSU. What does Lance Hurd know about his current situation at LSU? Well, he doesn't know if he's going to start next year. Emory Jones and Will Campbell are as good as it gets, basically, um, outside of a few uh, other offensive tackles in the country. I, I think Will Campbell is the best tackle in the country, but I'm very biased. Number 55 for Washington is a really good player. Um, there, uh, Banks at Texas is a good player. Um but look, I, I just got to be real, man. Lancer probably wants to go somewhere where he can for sure play. And wherever he's going to go, he is going to get a good check. Okay. I, I do feel market dynamics are at play here. And if you know entering the portal, you're the number one guy there. And you know you're going to have a lot of suitors. What would you do in that situation? Would you maintain your loyalty to LSU? He probably gets uh, a good check to already to play at LSU. Or do, or do you want to test a free market and go to where you want to go and for sure start wherever you're going to go? Because if they're going to sign a check for you to go to wherever you're going to go, they are for sure going to start you. Okay? So understand the situation as well just a little bit. I understand that there is a lot of people out there saying, well, entitlement generation, he doesn't want to compete, and, and so on and so on and so on. Some of that is probably true. Some of that is probably true because when you signed on to play at LSU, you don't know if you're going to start with Will Campbell and Emory Jones being as good as they are. So you knew going into it that it was going to be a very competitive environment. Um, but I, I understand it. I get it. And I understand that that sounds overly sympathetic to him. 
but it's not. It's just the truth. Okay. Um, so look, I I I like LSU over any one player, and I know a fair amount of former and current LSU players. Um, I want all of them to succeed, but we are here because we are fans of LSU. LSU football will move on. And if Lance decides to come back, it is huge. But I would also include that this is the first significant transfer portal entry up to this point. I don't include Sage Ryan into this because Sage Ryan was not a good football player this year for LSU. I am glad he's back because he did some good things in this Wisconsin game. Okay. Um, But at this point, Lance Hurd is by far the most talented player we've had enter the portal. There are plenty of schools that have lost far more talented players in the portal and aren't really in as good of a position to replace that player as LSU is in right now. They do have two dominant offensive tackles. They did just get a really good offensive tackle class led by Ethan Calloway and, of course, Weston Davis. And it was a total six offensive lineman class. So, look, we're in a better spot than most would be in this situation. I will acknowledge that Lance Hurd is a very talented player. I will acknowledge that Lance Hurd has been in this channel, and I like Lance. I will also acknowledge that this is a situation where he could go somewhere and get a nice payday and start. Understand all those things are in play here. Um, so I'm not just going to sit here and just trash a guy for um, for you know looking into other options, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that it's the end of the world that we're losing him. Still a big loss. Still a big loss. Okay? Now, um, before we get into a few other comments, uh, I do want to start with this one from a patron, the caucus. I appreciate your patronage and supporting us. Go to the patreon.com slash LSU football. You get my for sure hardcore objective grades on every single position group from yesterday's game versus Wisconsin. Rob's going to discuss this game at length. Okay. What are my thoughts about Lance Hurd playing guard? I understand wanting to play your spot, but that guard role work would that guard role work for him. He is an offensive tackle. I don't really think he's a guard. I don't. And the truth is, Emory Jones is probably better served at guard than he is at tackle. I think his future is at guard instead of tackle. Of course, when it comes to the NFL, you would prefer to play tackle instead of guard because you get paid more. So, you know, in a perfect world, Emory Jones kicks in to guard and Lance Hurd starts it off as a tackle. But guess what? If we lived in a perfect world, we'd all have health care. If we lived in a perfect world, Godfather 3 wouldn't have ever been made. But that's not the world we live in, okay? And I, I just don't think Lance Hurd's a guard, and I don't think he wants to play guard. And you just got to keep this in mind. And this is so important, and it's important to also take off our purple and gold glasses to understand his situation. He's barely played, and once he entered his name in the transfer portal, he immediately became the best offensive tackle in the portal. This is a supply and demand situation. He is a smart guy. He understands that there are people out there that will pay for what many consider to be the second most important player on your offense and the second most important player on your team, which is your left tackle, okay, or just an offensive tackle in general. 
So uh, understand that. That's that's part of this as well. It's rare that you're in a spot where an offensive tackle as talented as him is not starting at LSU, okay? But that's where we are right now, okay? Um, let's talk some Gary Nussmeyer. Uh, we'll get to as many of your questions as you possibly can. As always, for those of you that super chat, I really do appreciate it. You're the one that helps put food on my table. It goes a long way. I have had a lot of things go my way recently. I am very blessed to enter the new year. I got some absolutely ridiculous news on New Year's Eve, and I might share it with you later tonight. I might not because this channel is not about me. It's about LSU football, and it's about you, okay? But if we do have time, we'll get to it a little bit later um, with our friends, once again, at Underdog Fantasy. Really appreciate them. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I do – have a lot to get to as far as this LSU football team is concerned. And normally I write out an outline. I wasn't able to today because something happened to me today. And it's rare you get these opportunities. It's rare these opportunities are presented to me. But I do have friends in the coaching industry. Okay. And we're going to get to uh, Jordan Jefferson. He announced that, um, according to Jason here, that he has entered the NFL draft. A lot of these entries are happening while I go live. Right before this live stream began, Charles Turner dropped his graphic. So uh, if you guys can, verify that for me um, and let me know if other guys are entering because I'm focused in on you. Okay? Now, I want to share Garrett Nussmeyer's story here today. Um I was was at home today and got a phone call, and it was a buddy of mine in the coaching industry who is a professional play caller in Europe. Okay, It's not NFL Europe. It's not um, anything crazy, but he is a professional play caller and quarterback coach. Okay, And uh, he was in town, and he said, hey, can I, can I come over and come hang and talk ball? So I was like, okay, cool. I obviously wanted to do a film study. I have pushed the film study for the LSU-Wisconsin game to Sunday night. All right, that's when we normally do film study. It'll be on Sunday night, okay? So I had him over, and we discussed Garrett Nussmeyer, broke down some clips. He showed me some things with his offensive schemes, and he got my opinion on some of it, which was cool. Um, never thought that would happen, but that's cool. And we watched a Garrett Nussmeyer. We also watched Nico for Tennessee because I'm a big Nico fan, and I wanted someone smarter than me to break Nico down. Uh, to make sure I'm not gassing him up too much. But obviously we talked Garrett Nussmeyer, and he loves Garrett Nussmeyer. And, you know, he broke some things down for me that I'm going to share in the film study on Sunday. And I keep going back to this with Garrett Nussmeyer's ability to get people lined up with the game on the line. I go back to that one thing that just kept st standing out to me. The final touchdown of BTJ was a situation where Garrett with the play clock running out, got us in the right spot. So think about a QB who would normally be in his first start. A coach would have to burn a timeout with the play clock going down because we were close. We don't want to lose five yards in the red zone. Losing five yards in the red zone is bad, right? Um, so we didn't have to burn a timeout. Gary got everybody lined up and threw a very tough pass. It was open, but he threw, it, it, was, it was also tough because – you know, BTJ got hit right when he caught it. Um, but it was there. It's a throw he should make. But you got to think about the time, the situation. It's your first start. You really want to win. really want to impress everyone. And it was that one thing that stood out to this guy that I met with today. 
Okay. And I, I just always go back to those intangibles, man. Those intangibles count for something to me. Might not count anything for you. It does for me. And that's really what stood out to me. I knew Garrett Nussmeyer could throw a deep pass to BTJ. A lot of people could throw a deep pass to BTJ. I knew Gary Nussmeyer could hit Chris Hilton a few times. We knew that. But to actually see him lead us in a comeback fashion to victory is nothing short of sensational, especially considering he had a rough first quarter, missing guys, um, trying to do a little too much, and a pick to end the first half that should have never been thrown. Garrett Nussmeyer is a real deal, and it's time to get on the freaking Nuss bus. I'm not talking about a yellow bus. I'm not talking about a Greyhound. I'm not talking about Jerome Notre Dame freaking Bettis. I'm talking about the freaking Nuss bus. This isn't a bus anyway. This is a freaking freight train coming for the 12-team college football playoff. So a big day for him, big day for Chris Hilton, big day for Joe Sloan, okay? Big shout-out to uh, those three, and a big day to that LSU offensive line. And we will do a full Nuss film study on Sunday night. Really excited about that. Okay? So, I have said what I've wanted to say up to this in the first 20 minutes here. And I've still got a lot left in me. There is a lot of gas left in this freaking tank right here. I am built different tonight. I'm built different. Built different. I don't care what the naysayers say. I don't care what the haters say. I'm coming in hot, baby. Coming in hot. Justin, I'm worried about the nest bus. I do think uh, Colin Hurley is going to be great, and I think Bryce Underwood's going to commit. Positive vibes, baby. Exactly. Paul Well said, good to see you. Steve wants to know if I had burgers tonight. Actually, at the y'all, y'all mind if I go on a food rant? Actually, I'll say the food rant for later. I, I an American institution is just dying right in front of our eyes. And I freaking love this American institution. And it's an American institution. Okay. Welcome to the channel, Chad. Look at Chad's got the beard, he's got the tattoos, got the soul patch going on. He's got one of those derbies on. Welcome to the channel, Chad. Looking like he's ready to enjoy an ice-cold craft IPA. Good to see you, man. Jerwin, what's up, brother? Lots of smart people in here. Um, but yes, let me know if Jordan Jefferson for sure entered the draft. I'll just Google it really quickly. I was trying to get a double confirmation. All right. Uh, he has declared for the draft, and that actually happened right when I started. Okay. So, Jordan Jefferson gone, Makai Wingo gone. Will Mason Smith come back? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Your peers are leaving. Why not you? Here's what I'll say about Mason Smith's situation. All right. I believe it would do him some good to come back. I do think, though, 
it's hard for him and just anyone to have to go through another defensive line coach change. Okay. Got to remember, Mason Smith was close with that Orgeron. He's gone. All right. Then you got Brian Kelly and got Andre Carter. Andre Carter, of course, was before BK in his true freshman season gone. BK comes. Patrick Hill in. Jamar Kane in. Both of those guys are gone. Okay. Jimmy Lindsay comes in. Never really coaches. Okay. Not any fault of his own. It's a tough situation to be in, especially when you've seen your name on first round mock drafts before the season began. Okay. So look, it's it's going to be a difficult decision for anyone in a spot. We, we do need defensive tackles, though. Right. You can feel as good as you could feel about Dominic McKinley and Sean Washington and um, obviously, Jacoby and Guillory will be back, and Jacoby and Guillory will likely start next year. It's they they need defensive tackle help. LSU needs defensive tackle help. They do, okay, and they need to get at least someone proven in the portal, and they should be able to find somebody in the portal that can help them there, okay. So, um. We 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 need we need Mason back. We really 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 do. All right. Everybody, welcome Chad to the channel. Y'all show Chad some love in the chat if you can. Um, Carvis says Mason was talking to Pete a lot during the games. Okay. Here's what, here's something else I'd say about Mason Smith that is working against LSU. All right. I'm not going to – and a lot of you know that I've gotten to know some people really close to Mason. All right. So I, I'll just say this. I really don't know anything going on with, with, with his decision. I will say his film versus Wisconsin was really good. It was really good. Okay. His film versus Texas A&M was really good. Okay, um, and it's not necessarily like down to down consistent consistency. It was a lot of wow plays because they started using him um, the, uh, the 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 way that I wanted him to be used. Okay, so um, he looked like an NFL player. All right, he looked like Kyle Williams out there. Uh, to be quite honest. So there we go. Super Chat's flying in. Really appreciate it. Let's go to Blanche here, and then we'll get to Cole in just a second. BTJ broke off the route because he saw Nuss scrambled. Nuss was stretching the play. Nuss threw the ball where BTJ was supposed to be. Is this the um, – oh, you're talking about the, uh, the, the INT. Okay. Yeah, obviously BTJ had a rough first half. Um, you know, I, I don't know the play call. I don't know where everyone was supposed to be on that play. Um, I can tell you, though, his first half, you know, he had the fumble that was called back for the penalty, and then he stepped out of bounds uh, when he shouldn't have on the first drive of the game. Tough half. But second half, he stepped up, and, man, it would have been nice to see him come back. I know Kyron Lacey tried to get him to come back. I even got um, uh, a message. Uh, this is why you always got to verify your sources. Um, you know, I also got a message saying that BTJ um, – 
last night was going to come back. I didn't believe it. Hey, <laughs> that's why I didn't say anything about it. Um, and look, it, it wasn't from like a, a verified person. I am. I, I will always say this. If you think you have good information, send it to me. Twitter, Instagram at PowerHourLSU. I'm always open to it. I'm not really a newsbreaker anyway, but I'm always interested in behind the scenes stuff. Uh, there was, to me, a case to be made for BTJ to come back. And I think it would have been worth uh, a, a bag back to get him back. But he's also getting mocked in the first round. Wide receiver class is stacked. I think at worst, he is a second round pick. All right. He had a year three breakout. Most teams like wide receivers after a year three breakout. So there you go. Let's go to Cole. Carter, BK said at halftime, the guys decided to go back to base defense, and that paid off. Question is, who are the guys, the players? House? Okay. So I, I shared this on Blake's show a little bit earlier. Most of my focus has been on the LSU offense. I'm putting my defensive side rewatch back, okay, um, for a lot of different reasons. Yesterday was kind of a weird day because normally when an LSU game ends, I'm immediately watching the game again after my live stream. But yesterday was also the college football playoff, and I wasn't going to miss Michigan and Alabama and um, obviously Washington, Texas. I think a lot of you are watching that game, and I'm pushing the film study back to Sunday. So I've not watched the defensive rewatch. I did watch all the offensive snaps again. Uh, to mostly focus in on Garrett Nussmeyer. And then, of course, had the OC come in uh, earlier today, and that was a really cool opportunity. Um, I, 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 I've i got to be real with you, man. The defense had opportunities to make plays. Tough game for Ashton Stamps. Really tough. But I'm going to defend him. He shouldn't be playing. Three-star true freshman DBs should never be starting at LSU. It should never be the case. Derek Stingley, sure. But, and that's nothing against Ashton Stamps. He was always a year two guy. So I'm not going to get on to him for that. I think Toviano's more of a safety. He had some rough, you know, snaps. But one thing I can say with near 100% certainty, and only these two young men can answer this question, I felt they played hard. I can't say that about every corner who has played and started at LSU. So at least they went down freaking swinging. Um, we had opportunities to make plays defensively, and Tanner Mordecai had the game of his life. But our defense made stops when we needed to towards the end, and I give them a lot of credit for that. I also will say Luke Fickle was terrible on fourth down. If I'm going up against a bad defense and a good offense, I want to be super aggressive on fourth down, right? Because you're going up against a bad defense, especially one that's shown the propensity to jump off sides. So at least hard count it, okay? Um, I thought Fickle was terrible on the fourth down decisions, which helped us with our stops. I like that. You want to punt and give the football back to our offense, which – is significantly better on, on that side of the football. 
Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, and one more thing about Ashton Stamps. He did tweet this out earlier today, and I understand that players don't ever like to use this as excuses. Most so it'll be Jane Daniels hated to use this as an excuse. But Ashton Stamps did say something about a surgery he was about to have. Okay. Now, now really think about this situation. A three-star DB as a true freshman playing hurt. That lets you know the status of our defensive back room. All right. It's unacceptable where we are right now. And we can't stand for that. You're an LSU fan. Sure, you're not a coach. Sure, you're not a player or a staff or anything like that. But you're a fan of LSU football. This is the premier destination for defensive talent. Premier. Our brand identity was built on the back of defenses. Okay? Can't have this. Just can't have this. And it starts at the top with the defensive coordinator. And to a certain degree, Brian Kelly. He's got to make a change. Got to. All right. Got to. All right. But then again, Ashton Stamps, if he was sitting right here, a true competitor and a player, doesn't want any type of struggle to be chalked up to injury. But it is part of the conversation. We should never be relying on her true freshman three-star DBs, okay? But that's why you got to have depth, man. You do, all right? Denver Harris was a total bust and couldn't keep his act together off the field. Deuce Chestnut, total bust. Um, you know, we were down to Zy Alexander, all right? Terrence Welsh had some some good moments. Uh just one it, okay, and stamps it, it was hurt a good portion of the season, so I can't wait to see what year two is going to be in store for him and see him grow from these opportunities. I also think JV and Toviano needs to play a different position, but if we can't get anything better at corner, especially with Jordan Gilbert coming in at safety, we we're going to probably need him to play corner. I also think Major Burns did some really good things yesterday. He also was not great in some spots as well. So we 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 need some we need a lot of defensive talent coming in. Now, what I would say to the whole defensive scheme question, and this is very important, and I want you to really focus in right now. All right. You know, one thing I loved about the 2024 class, and obviously the whole tenor of this class really changed with the Dominic McKinley thing, right? Because it catapulted LSU back in that top five, top seven region. And if Terry Bussey commits, it's going to make it even better. But I'll tell you this, you know, I think Dominic McKinley is a very talented player. He's a very gifted player. I, I didn't, you know, see, see him as a true, unreal five-star talent. 
And that's okay. I still think he's a top 104 star level player, right? With really great traits. All right. And that was a guy that you really needed to land, especially considering these, these five, these really good players, Jordan Jefferson and Makai Wingo. Jordan Jefferson had some really good games this year. Cole Kublik loves him some Jordan Jefferson. Um, you really needed someone that could step in and play right away. And McKinley's going to get a shot. Um, one thing I really liked about the 2024 class, though, was it wasn't a shiny class, right? There were so many people that have said, is, is, was this a down year in Louisiana? And it wasn't. The data does not back that up. It may be in, in terms of top 100 guys in the state. But it was not a down year in terms of Louisiana talent, in my estimation. Lots of good blue chippers, and LSU landed most of them. Kylan Billion had a really good day today at a, at a, at um, the All American camps. Let me include one thing about the twenty twenty four crop. If you're a defensive player, and you are signed to LSU for the class of twenty twenty four, there has never. And I mean, ever in the history of this program, been an opportunity for true freshmen to start at all three levels of the defense. Okay. Brian Kelly has already made it known that this portal class is not going to be as big as it was in years past. And this class just saw the defense have one of its worst years in the history of LSU football. If you are a defensive recruit, you are in the best spot you possibly could be in. Playing time is there. And it doesn't matter if you are a five-star, like a Dominic McKinley, or it doesn't matter if you're a three-star, like a P.J. Woodland. There is plenty of playing time to go around. Okay? Plenty. So, look. Terry Bussey, if defense is in his future, he's obviously a freak. He's also a really good basketball player, apparently. You're telling Terry Bussey, hey, dude, what are you doing? It's your shot. You can play, play big-time snaps on defense year one. He probably could on offense, too. He's really special. But I'm telling you, if it, it could be any one of these defensive recruits. Joel Rogers... No one, no one really chats about Joel Rogers, right? Dude, dude's a hitter. A lot of the focus is on Deshaun McBride, and for good reason. Never has there been a better time. And I actually wanted to spend a good part of the part of the live stream talking about that, but I'm going to save it because we got all off season to talk about this incoming freshman class. Okay, and we do welcome in Wire to Wire watching on Twitter. Worst defensive year ever, and you still won 10 and 3. All right. Caucus is a big Juwan Johnson guy. What's up, Sibs? Good to see you. Congrats, man. Um, on the great season for Texas. I know you um I know it it was it was a tough loss. This is a really good question, Jared. Carter, it's JD5 playing in the senior bowl. All right, so let's have a senior bowl discussion here with Jaden. Um, we do have a lot of viewers in Mobile, and if Jaden is playing in the senior bowl, I really do want to go. Okay, LSU is going to have a lot of representation at the senior bowl, especially considering juniors are are able to go. 
So, um, yeah. Um, I mean, so Jaden got a senior boy invited, and you know the, the clips were tweeted out and all that stuff. I am not sure if he's going to play in the senior bowl. I think a senior bowl quarterback plays in the senior bowl if you're not a guaranteed first rounder. The NFL is a copycat league. Jaden Daniels is being compared to Lamar Jackson. Okay. Who has been the best quarterback in the NFL this season? It's been Lamar Jackson. You can make a case for Dak. You can make a case for Josh Allen. You can make a case for Brock Purdy. But Lamar Jackson has been the best quarterback in the NFL. Okay. Um, the NFL's copycat league. Jane is the closest thing we've seen to Lamar to Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of teams are considering flipping their entire offensive staff and just building like the Ravens have built around Lamar. Especially if they win the Super Bowl. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl, Jaden's stock goes up. Okay. To the point where I could see a world where he goes number one. I'm serious. So if that's the case, you're not going to see him work out and actually play in these games. Because there's nothing for him to gain, only for him to lose. Because the thing is, at the Senior Bowl, he's not going to be throwing to receivers as good as he had at LSU. Because BTJ won't play in the Senior Bowl. Marvin Harrison won't play in the Senior Bowl. And sure as hell, Malik Neighbors ain't going to play in the Senior Bowl. Because they're juniors. Even though juniors can't go to the Senior Bowl now, which is kind of weird. But it... He's I just I just don't think he's going to participate. I just don't. The only thing I want to see Jaden Daniels do is run the 40 yard dash. I am dying to know how fast he can run in a 40 yard dash. I know we have mile per hour data and all that stuff. I am very curious to see if Jaden Daniels. Like he wouldn't train for the 40, obviously, as much as let's say a Justin Jefferson would. But I am curious to see if he could run in that 4-3-8 range that Justin and Jabbar ran at LSU's Pro Day. Um, and, of course, Pro Day times are better than the NFL Combine times. Um, but I am curious to see Jaden break every 40-yard dash record because I do think he is the fastest quarterback I've ever seen. All right? Good to see Mike on Twitter. Uh, Todd, okay, Todd, Todd, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, Todd. Why are you doing this again? For those that know exactly what I'm talking about, why would you do this, Todd? I don't care if the Pelicans were winning 138 to 20. You, Todd, you're the kiss of death when it comes to, to freaking the Pelicans. Don't tweet that crap out, bro. What are you doing? My parents are at the game, and and I I, the, the, I don't want them to see the worst collapse in NBA history. Now it's for sure going to happen since Todd did that. And you just ruined my flow. I just want to focus in on LSU. I didn't want to look at the Pelicans game. Todd, why would you do that, bro? Why did I'm serious? Why, why would you do that? Oh my goodness, the, the, the dude, you you are, you are, you. I'm telling you, you did just 
light me up. Uh, like, why? I don't care. I don't care how much they're up. Shut it. Just freaking shut it. Okay. Huh? 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 Oh my God, dude. I can't freaking believe it. I don't, I'm, I've probably lost a thousand viewers because they're like, what the hell? Why is Carter discriminating? Does he not like people like named Todd? I'm like, I love Todd. If there Todd's didn't exist, I wouldn't have ever had Raising Canes. And Raising Canes is heaven. Okay. Ah, uh, Esteban thinks it's 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 block worthy. So for those that don't know, Todd, a few weeks ago, I'm locked in, doing my LSU crap. Okay. Todd says, "Oh look, the Pelicans are winning by four points." With 25 seconds left, and they freaking blew it. Who's faster than Jaden Daniels, Timmy? You tell me. You tell me. Is it Lamar Jackson? Is it Michael Vick? Probably Michael Vick. I mean, probably Michael Vick, for being honest. It's one of those three. It's one of those three. You know who else was fast was Nick Marshall, the Auburn quarterback. That dude can run. Jalen Milrow's fast, too. But I think, I think Jaden's my guy. All right. So back on track here. All right. Uh... Dorian Thompson Robinson, yeah, I don't think he's in that class of, of speed, but he DTR can roll too. Uh, if I miss it, someone you guys let me know. Now, coming up right after this quick message, another LSU player has apparently hit the portal. P. HL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. All right. So Shaz Preston is in the portal. Alabama receiver. Okay. Top 100 recruit from the state of Louisiana. All right. And obviously LSU wanted him. He went to St. James High School. And obviously, that's where Savian Jones went. That's where current um, LSU wide receiver Kai Prien is from. Okay. And look, Shaz Preston has not really played in Alabama. Okay. He's not really played. That doesn't mean he can't play. It is hard to play wide receiver at any Power five institution, much less Alabama. Okay. And LSU brought in Aaron Anderson from Alabama. And I do think there will be some interest with Shaz Preston coming back to LSU. All right. But 
I I will tell I will tell you this. All right. I mentioned earlier that I was able to hang with an OC, and this was the biggest thing he told me. All right. If he had to choose between scouting a player who has high recruiting pedigree at a major Division I university versus a non-Power 5 receiver with some experience and some production, he's going to go with the non-Power 5 guy every time because he has some film, all right? Shaz Preston has close to none, all right? So I understand that top 100 Louisiana recruit, a guy that LSU really wanted, but I do want to include one thing. At the time, I really wanted LSU to go get Shaz Preston because that was a guy that they wanted. I missed on evaluations. That's perfectly fine. The only wide receiver I liked in that crop was Xavier Thomas. Okay. They were all a part of the same recruiting class. Let me make sure with that. Um, I will make sure we got another super chat coming in. All right. And I've, if I remember correctly, I forget a lot of things, right? Um, and Xavier Thomas was a four star in the state of Louisiana. Okay. Let me just make sure. I'm pretty sure Shaz Preston was in that recruiting class with Kendrick Law and Aaron Anderson. Okay. And he was. All right. So Xavion was the only wide receiver that I was just like, God, I, I would go after him. And Kendrick Law played a lot for Alabama uh, in the in the Rose Bowl. He didn't really do a whole lot. He didn't really do, do a whole lot this season. And thus far, Xavion Thomas has been the best receiver out of any of them. And we got him coming in. Okay. I think to play wide receiver at LSU to transfer somebody in, I would lean towards guys that have actually produced. But if LSU wants to go get Chaz Preston and bring him in because he was, you know, a top 100 recruit, go get him. Okay. Go get him. Uh, but right now, that's not somebody that I, that I would put on, on the high priority list. Okay. Let's go to Tommy with the Super Chat. Appreciate it, Tommy. He's got a Super Bowl ring on. That's big time. At least I'm thinking that's a Super Bowl ring. Wish our DBs hit like Michigan's. We need to emphasize tackling drills this offseason. Okay. I was actually going to save this for later. Jesse Minter would be the defensive coordinator I would go get. He's a defensive coordinator in Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is rumored to take an NFL job. Okay. If Jim Harbaugh was to leave Michigan, who would he hire to be his defensive coordinator? Well, it would be Jesse Minter. Okay. So we are not going to get him, but if for some reason he's available, he's worth whatever you need to pay him to get there because he's really good. But I do agree, Tommy. Michigan's defense was nothing short of sensational. Now, the reason why I didn't want to bring up the Michigan conversation is this is an LSU channel. Now, later on in the live stream, when we do our two-hour live streams, 
we talk about general college football, but I'm just going to touch on it now because I want to, and it is my channel. Okay. I was right about Florida State. How many of you watched that Alabama team yesterday and was like, God, this is one of Nick Saban's best teams? No, this is one of Nick Saban's worst teams. Okay. It looked like the team that barely beat Arkansas at home. Florida State got robbed. Okay. And it's not like Michigan played great either. So, take that for what it's worth. Michigan, Washington. I think Washington's going to win. I really do think so. I think Kalen DeBoer is the best coach in college football right now. Of course, it's Nick, and of course, it's uh, Kirby, and of course, uh, BK, because those guys have accomplished way more than Kalen DeBoer has accomplished. But what Kalen DeBoer is doing, if he wins a national championship with Washington, will be one of the greatest feats in the history of sports. All right? I really do mean that. Going undefeated with what Washington has when talent matters more in 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 college football than any other major sport that, that we that we probably cover. I'll go one step further. Georgia is obliterating everybody in that playoff field. They are. For some reason, Nick just has Kirby's number. And the number of the freaking replay official on that Isaiah Bond catch. Okay. But I'll save the Florida State conversation for a little bit later. Now, we do go to this. I need someone to confirm this. Cortland is, uh, if Cortland, if Cortland actually had a face avatar, I would believe this news that Caden Salter is in the portal. So if someone can confirm that for me, please do so. Um, because obviously I would, um, I would be very interested if I was in LSU because I got their QB. Huh? 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 Uh, but Caden Salter is going to be the most coveted portal asset out there. And I think low-key he's got a shot to be the first quarterback drafted uh, next season. Part of me thinks, what does he really have to gain by going into the portal when he can light it up at Liberty next year and and – Joe Flacco is way to the to the first round, you know, playing bad competition. Um, hell, we saw another Liberty quarterback go in the first round. Well, no, Malik Willis fell quite a bit, so maybe that's why he's going elsewhere. Um, I will tell you this. All right, just off the top of my head reacting to this. Okay, I'll just let you know. He's probably going to go to Auburn. Because <laughs> obviously his college coach at Liberty is now the coach at Auburn. Now, he wasn't the coach 
of Caden Salter this year. But Auburn didn't have great quarterback play. Um, I think Auburn would be where he would go. The good news is we don't play Auburn next year. So we wouldn't play him. We wouldn't have to worry about him unless we met him in the SEC championship game, which is unlikely. But uh, but Caden Salter can play. He can really play. All right. Um, if I were him, I'd look at Florida State, but they I think they already got DJ Uyangalale. All right. Exotic Pig, welcome. Carter, could you give a quick recap of the Tigers that have hit the portal? All right. I can. All right. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version here. Um, and it'll be very brief. There's really only been one significant player that has hit the portal, and that is Lance Hurd. Everyone else was good with potential, but really nobody significant. All right. Honestly, I know this might be unpopular. I think Jackson Howard is probably the guy that I think had the potential to, to be something. He's actually going to Wisconsin of all places. Um, but up to this point, nobody, nobody really significant. Okay. Um, so I, I don't want to go through all that because most of the players are kind of old news when it comes to that, but good to see you exotic pig. All right. Bresh, what's up, bro? Great minds think alike, Danny girl. Not telling you, if, you, if y'all really pay attention, Danny's Danny and I are oftentimes on the same page on a lot of stuff. That's true, Carr. This is a good point. You know, and I know Bama fans always bring this up for the national championship game. What if Jamison Williams was, was healthy? Well, what if Brock Bowers was healthy? What if Lad McConkey was healthy? Um, Amarius Mims got hurt. So, yeah, I mean, Georgia was the best team in college football this year. I, I do think so. Um, but what did I say about Jackson Howard? No, 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 no. That's a Jack. I meant to say Jackson McGohan. That's that. Did I accidentally say Jackson Howard? Uh, Jackson McGohan, uh, the tight end who went to Wisconsin. Um, my my apologies. Okay. Of course, I turned this into a Florida State uh, debate. Um, Chad, this would be my retort to that. FSU's best game was against LSU. They looked mediocre the rest of the season, just found ways to win. Okay, well, what did, what did, was, what did Washington do this year? Oh, they barely beat Arizona State. They barely beat Stanford. You know, not many teams are able to blow out every single team that they play, right? Like, it's it, – it's it's crazy to 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 think otherwise. Uh, look at this. Uh, now this is now this is crazy. 
I thought December was going to be a massive year for my merch. And apparently it wasn't. Okay. I didn't didn't really sell anything merch wise. But I did just get uh a t-shirt order. I appreciate it, man. These web bills are crazy. And this one was by Mike. That's cool, man. A former player. Hook, hooking it up. I really appreciate that. It goes a long way, brother. All right. No, I yeah, Jackson Howard. No, I meant to say Jackson McGohan. My apologies. We talked about Jackson Howard a lot. Um, Jackson had a tough game uh, versus Wisconsin. Um, but we could really use him moving forward. One thing that's very interesting about Jackson Howard, when I watched him, okay, now this is just me, all right? I I kind of liked him as a tight end. I, I'm serious. Like, his tight end stuff was actually really good, and I thought it was actually a little bit better than his defensive stuff. Um, I'm very interested in him as a tight end. I know we're kind of loaded there, but – you know, offensively, he also played some quarterback in high school. And obviously he's not a QB, but I'm I'm open. I'm just I'm just saying I'm open for him to um to to to, to try offense. We did it with Burke this weekend. So why not? Okay. Um one final thing on the Florida State debate. Here, here's my thing about you guys making the Florida State versus Alabama argument with the backup quarterback thing. It just goes back to do we really want to do the slippery slope thing with this, okay, with the backup quarterback, and do we really want some random linebacker from North Alabama deciding a multi-billion dollar enterprise? That's not what I want to happen. The results on the field have to matter. I don't think you want that to happen. Right, just one random injury. Okay. I'm just going to say this, and I'm a believer in peaks. All right. Washington's peak is really high. Like, if you watch the Washington and Texas game closely, you can clearly see that Washington was better. You can see Michael Penix being one of the better college quarterbacks in the modern era. Their peak is really high. Jordan Travis's peak was also very high, okay? And, you know, that's something, right? Like, when they played us, they were so clearly better than us in that second half. LSU was a good 10-3 and football team with a legendary quarterback, okay? I know it was the first game of the season, and if we replayed them, it'd be a better game, I would think. But, look – you can't tell me if Florida State was still healthy, all right? If Florida State was still healthy with Jordan Travis, they were already trying to put Florida State ahead of Alabama um, before that, right? The national media was already doing that. Um, Florida State was a better team than Alabama this year when Jordan Travis was their quarterback. Well, Carter, the ACC is the ACC. Stop it. Freaking stop that. Yes, no, duh. You're not telling anyone anything about the ACC being better than the SEC, okay? The truth is, freaking Jordan Travis and Florida State at their peak were as good as any team that I've seen this year in college football. 
Okay. And when they ran the table, they deserved an opportunity to be in the playoff, regardless of Jordan Travis didn't have any legs. Okay. Let's go to Sibley. On three is a platform that pretends to get players their valuation or worth on the open market. Unlike the pros, there is no comparative data to base these valuations on. Is it bogus? Okay. Here is my thing about the on three evaluation stuff. I like on three. Um, you know, if they if they came calling and wanted me and Haley to move to Nashville and do do shows from there, I'm open. I think I could be as good as any national analyst that they have. Uh, but then again, you know, I just I'm a big believer in me, right? Um, I do think the valuation stuff does deserve conversation. Okay. Here, here's here's what people get wrong about the valuation. All right. And there's people that cover NIL close more closely than I do. Um that that have said this, including Matt Brown, who is one of the premier college football writers in the country who doesn't get enough credit. Okay, he does his own newsletter, he's a really good writer. And because he's independent, I, I trust him. Uh, because you know he's he's not needing to to shill for anyone. Okay. He said a tweet the other day that was pretty chilling that he feels that close to closer to zero than not close to zero than people would probably think. Athletes have true name, image, and likeness value. All right. Now what what do I mean by that? I'm not saying that they're worthless. I'm not saying that athletes don't shouldn't have the right to start their own YouTube channel or, you know, sponsor the local rib hut or whatever. But, you know, a sponsorship with the local rib hut doesn't pay you $50,000 a year. Okay. Um, it, it, it's just, it's just how it is, right? You're not going to give the rib hut $50,000 worth of business. Right for them to just break even on that deal, okay. So these valuations aren't really name, image, and likeness valuations. I feel they're market evaluations for your value to the team based on your talent, okay. In other words, what is a deserving salary for your business, okay? Let's use Lance Hurd as a perfect example. If he chooses to not come back to LSU, he's going to go somewhere and make a lot of money, all right, and play because he's really gifted. I like Lance a lot. You didn't Lance a lot. Yeah, anyway, uh, Lance has been on the channel. I, I, I obviously defended him earlier, and it's probably not going to be well-received to a certain degree. Um, but Lance, Lance has, I, I think – 2,000 followers on social media, which isn't bad. Obviously, it's a lot for someone like you or I, but it's not It's not really a lot, right? Um, so w- what is his name, image, and likeness valuation for a company? It's probably not a lot, okay? There's not many Tyron Matthews, Johnny Manziel needle movers out there, right, that, that have this amazing marketability, Okay. So when it comes simply to your super chat about the name, image, and likeness valuations, I wouldn't look at them as NIL valuations. 
I also don't think that that number is what those players are making. You know, Cooper Manning said that Arch Manning getting $3 million a year is BS or whatever the case may be. I've heard everything under the sun. I've heard other players say that Arch is making a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know what to believe at this point. What I will tell you, though, is I did speak to one very prominent NIL person in the NIL space, um, not affiliated with LSU, okay? And he, he's he's in it. The, I mean, he's in it, in it. And he said the ROI is just not there, okay? But you're helping the school, okay? And in theory, it does give you good business recognition, right? Like, get Gordon, right? When you think LSU NIL, you think get Gordon. You think Todd Graves and Canes. Those guys are millionaires and millionaires upon millionaires, regardless if NIL existed or not. Um, so there is some, you know, PR ROI with, with that. But we just got to move to the model where it's salaried employees, okay? But there's big antitrust lawyerish kind of stuff that I don't want to get into uh, here because I'm not smart enough to break it down. Okay. Ah, ah, ah. So yeah, with the on three NIL evaluations, you should look at them skeptically. All right. You should. All right. Jared, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. Okay. Let's go to Danny Girl. Why is everyone tiptoeing around Perkins? We call it the defense, but Perkins had a tough game against Wisconsin, and no one has mentioned it. Yeah, so I, I and this isn't me copping out of this question, Danny. I've not done my defensive rewatch. I shared why a little bit earlier. I'm not sure if you were there. I've only done really an offensive rewatch because of you know my circumstances today. Um, so I won't go too deep into who really had a great game and who didn't, just based. But it's obviously clear that Wingo had a big game and, and Mason Smith had a big game because they made the big plays uh, at the end. Um, you know, at this point, it is what it is, okay? Um, so on Sunday, I will be as brutally honest about this defense um, for the Sunday night film study. But I'm not giving Harold Perkins a pass. He did score a rushing touchdown, which obviously is really good. So I will obviously, uh, I will obviously go – Give it a watch. Okay. Now. Uh, let's see here. All right. Austin Osbury has committed to LSU. Auburn safety slash hybrid linebacker. That's breaking news. And Jalen Brown has entered the transfer portal uh, via Hayes Fawcett and on three. All right. Um, 
the Osbury thing is actually really shocking to me. I was always told that LSU was just never going to be the destination for him. Um, that's really good. All right. I've not been able to watch any Austin Osbury at this point. So I'm not going to tell you if it's a home run. I really don't know what all he did this year for Auburn. Uh, but I liked Auburn secondary. Jalen Simpson was really good for them. So I don't know how much Austin Osbury even played this year for Auburn. I didn't really see him. Um, so, you know, maybe he did play more. Uh, I don't sit and watch a lot of Auburn. So there you go. Um, Jalen Brown is in the portal. Not really a shock for me. I always felt he was a year two guy. Um, I did not think he was a top 100 wide receiver recruit. Um, you know, he, I, I think I had him graded around middle of the pack in this recruiting class. I would like to have him back because he is a true speedster who can open up the, um, the top of a defense. I could see him like what Cortez Hankton had at Georgia. Um, Georgia had a wide receiver um, by the name of, of Anaya Smith. I think he was actually after Cortez Hankton, but still Georgia has a wide receiver by the name of Anaya Smith. That's very similar to Jalen Brown. And, I think with some seasoning, he could have actually gotten to that next point. But I, I, Jalen Brown for me was the wide receiver. He was tied for the wide receiver three in this class behind Kyle Parker and Shelton Sampson, even though the services I think had Jalen Brown as the number one receiver. Um, so I wish Jalen nothing but the best. Obviously, out of Miami, he's going to have a lot of suitors because at one time he was a can't miss five star prospect. Um, but I, I, I've always said this. There are some positions that I, I will look at a little bit more harshly, and one of those positions is wide receiver. Just because the standard at LSU is just really high to play wide receiver. It is actually higher at that position more than any other. Because, you know, if anybody that watched Jack Bash play as a true freshman, you would have never thought he would have been gone the very next season or after the very next season. But that's how tough it is. You know, if he played any other position, he would still be here and probably be an all-SEC-level player. It's just hard. It's really hard to earn targets, right? And um, Jalen Brown probably wants targets and playing time. So uh, let's let's see. A lot, a lot of news flying in. Um, Chad says Jelani Watkins is going to be better. Yeah, Teddy, I have no idea. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I, I don't think I ever really watched him play. Um, maybe this was in the works for LSU, and I didn't know. So Austin Osbury has two career tackles per ESPN. Maybe that's injury related. I I I really 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 don't know. Um, so there you go. I, I don't cover Auburn, but I'm open. I'm open. Hmm. 
Parker, welcome, bro. Good to see you. Uh, you guys got to let me know. This has been a busy night. Let's keep it going. Okay. Once again, if you super chat, we'll go straight to it. Let's see where we are. We've been giving out Jaden Daniels photos all this week. We are uh, only 60 away from giving out another. Let's see. find something more. Let's this one out. Look at this. We'll get this one out tonight if we get to a hundo. That's a cool one. You could tell it's just kind of setting in. That's so, so cool. Let's go to Roby. 1969 Super Chat again. The year of my birth. How did you know that? Twenty thirteen and twenty twenty three teams are the same. Great offense and subpar defense. Hmm. Let me go back to twenty thirteen LSU. Obviously, twenty thirteen LSU, my favorite player on that team is Jeremy Hill. I'm glad to call Jeremy a friend. Obviously, you know, Jarvis, Sodell, and those guys are really good football players. Who is that defense? Obviously, the, the, the game that, that you're probably thinking of is the Georgia game. Um, I don't know if I could call it subpar defense. I don't know because 2013 defense, that's Jalen Mills, Lamine Barrow, Darrell Simon. I mean, that, that defense was fine, right? It's Daryl Tymon on that defense. But I'm with you for the most part. 2013, uh, 20, uh, we were better offensively than we were defensively. And there you go. That was that defense was Jamarie Roscoe, um, Freak Johnson, Daniil Hunter. Mm. I know I know you guys have some Daniel Hunter takes. Where do I get all this merch from? Todd, I'm a collector. I'm a collector. Um I'm very lucky that uh, I have donors that actually send it to me to give out on the channel. Okay. Some of these donors, and I'm glad you brought this up, Todd. Just happen to be the friends that we have at the Arklatex Card and Memorabilia Show, February 17, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Bozier City Civic Center. That'll be the next PHL meetup. And here's what's really cool, folks. I actually put my own money into this. Okay. 
I drive there. They're, they're, they're not paying me to, to, to tell you to come to this. I just believe it's a good place to hang out because we're going to not have one. We're not going to have two. We're not going to have three. We're going to have four LSU signees there. Tylen Singleton, Gabriel Relaford, Xavier Debo Atkins, and Ahmad Bro will all be there signing autographs. Okay. And hopefully all four will be on PHL. Really excited about that opportunity. Okay. So February 17th, even if you're not in North Louisiana, it is worth getting a hotel and coming to the event because it's free of charge to come to. Autos, I think, are 10 or 15 or something like that. But I'll be giving away a bunch of my merch as we always do and 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 memorabilia like we always do on the channel. So there you go. Let's keep it going. Let's go to Exotic Pig. Do you think our defense will be any better than this year's? I just think we have gone so far away from DBU and just having 11 dogs on the defense at all times. All right. Let's have a conversation about this. Okay. So this will sound like a very scorching hot take, but the sixth, sixth, DB on 2011 LSU was way better than the first DB on this team. And it's kind of hard to say who the best DB was on this year's LSU's team. You can make a case it was I Alexander. You can make a case it was Andre Sam. I think it's either one of those two. Um, Yeah, you know, obviously we missed some of that DBU dog mentality. Um, I felt like this year we played wild. And look – we can't understate Greg Brooks's loss. Obviously, it's a very serious situation, but just as important as he was off the field to this team on the field, he was just a good football player. And let's be real. All right. We lack that dog mentality. I, to this day, exotic pig, did not understand some of the things that we did defensively. To this day, I still don't understand how some players on this defense were so bad. Okay. But one of the worst things you can do as a defense is think somebody is good, but they really aren't good at all. And there were a lot of those types of guys on this team this year. And for some reason, the attitudes uh, of of some of these players were very individualistic, not thinking about the team and the situation and hitting guys late out of bounds and jawing a little too much when you've given up a lot of points. It seemed like there were a lot of guys playing for themselves. And something that I've always hammered home, I don't mind experimenting with different things on defense, okay? But one thing that I really do think screwed this defense up, obviously we talked about setting the edge. We talked about not stopping them run. The issue with this defense is there wasn't anything that they did well at all. You know, I, I will say this about the 2020 defense. They were an all-time bad defense, 
but they were really good at creating havoc and they were really good at creating turnovers. There was at least some things that they were good at. This LSU defense was good at absolutely nothing. And that's why it's tough for me to get a sell job from, from Matt house potentially coming back. Right. Um, you know, that, that's that's what really bothers me, right? Then there was times where you could see guys loafing. And I'm like, what? what? Do, do you know how many defensive players would kill for the opportunity to uh, play in college football, to, to, to play where Tyron Matthew played, to play where uh, Glenn Dorsey played? It, it's it's wild to me. It's, it's, it's wild to me, okay? And look, that there's there's a piece of me that's that's happy we didn't beat Alabama because you know let's just say we did and somehow won the SEC and jumped into the playoffs. Man, imagine if we got matched up against Washington. Okay, imagine imagine we got ma- matched up against Xavier Worthy and Ad Mitchell. I mean, it, it would have been an embarrassment, okay? So, of course, I wanted to beat Bama, and people are going to get crazy at that that statement. But damn, I mean, we got a QB spy play in our playbook. We're not going to use it against a guy who is running at will on us and the biggest game of the season and the most watched game of the season outside of Ohio State and Michigan. It's crazy. Couldn't tackle. Couldn't do anything. So it's not just the dog mentality. We just had some guys that you wonder, are, are they are they SEC level players? I'm talking about LSU. I'm not talking about LSU standard. I'm talking about SEC standard. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. One thing that was never explained and never asked to Brian Kelly. Why is it that our defensive line, and I'm a film guy, and I feel like I know the defensive line position really well because that's what I played in in high school. Obviously, not a college level player, but um, I, I take defensive line very seriously. Why were we consistently lining up a yard and a half off the ball? I that never, none of it ever made sense to me. There, there we've never, we've we still don't have an explanation for it. I mean, obviously, that's not what Pete Jenkins would probably want his defensive line to do, but we did it. Were were the, were the players just deciding to do it? Is there a call for that? It's lunacy to me. It's lunacy. Okay? And it's to the point where you have to ask, why is it that every quarterback had their career games? Jordan Travis, best game of the season versus LSU. Why? Jalen Milrow, best game of the season versus LSU. Tanner Mordecai, best game of his career versus LSU. Why? Is it them or is it us? It's kind of like if you're breaking up with with someone or you're thinking about breaking up with someone. Is it me or is it him? Is it me or is it her? Is it me I don't know. 
Edward O says defense won us four games in 2022. But guess what? I don't care. It means nothing to me. I say nothing. It means something. I was happy that that was the case. So defense, let's see, what what four games did the defense win us? Okay, Arkansas game, of course, I'll give it that. Backup quarterback, but still, give it that. Um, Auburn game, they averaged 6.3 yards per play. It's kind of tough for me to sell that. But we did make some big explosive defensive turnovers. So I'll give you that one. Alabama game for certain. Okay? And then I think the last game you would argue is is, is Mississippi State. It's also kind of a tough sell for me. Um, Mississippi State dropped a lot of wide open passes. A lot. And that was also kind of a pert game. Yeah. But that's not here nor there. Crazy day, y'all. Crazy freaking day. Austin Osbury. Okay. Looks like Jair Brown, the transfer from Ohio State, is about to commit as well. He's from New Orleans. Um, I think that's coming pretty soon. He just posted a clip. Our photo with Sherman Wilson and um, Frank Wilson. Mm. 
Corlin wants to go get Caden Salter. Mm. Yeah, true. I mean, Mordecai at SMU was 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 fine. You want to get technical? I can get down with that chance. Hell yeah, exotic pig. Okay, let me let me send it to you again then. Uh, yeah, man. I I I'm that's about the same distance I have to go. So you can make a day trip out of it. Um. I'll be there all day, so 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and uh, you can come sit in my booth, man, if you want to come chill. And that's what's cool about it. They give me uh, some room to set up, and Tyler, I don't think Tyler Townsend's in here. He'll, he'll be there as well, big PHL supporter, and uh, and yeah, man, it's a cool, it's a really cool environment, and you know, you get a, get a chance to hang with players. You know, Patrick Queen uh, was at our last one. And literally, he was just chilling with us. It was crazy. Michaela Williams was just sitting there chilling with us and Dre Jenkins. It's obviously crazy. Three very successful people, especially uh, Michaela and Patrick with the seasons that they've had. I think both have exceeded uh, expectations this year. Okay. Now, here's what we're going to do. In the next 10 to 15 minutes, I'll take as many questions as we possibly can. If you super chat, we'll keep the party moving. Okay. Cool, Exotic Pig. I'm looking forward to meeting you, man. We'll have some cool giveaways for you, my brother. What's up, TT? I know you'll be there, man. If you're off work, obviously, but it's an all-day event, so if I don't see you, I get really sad. I look at Tyler rocking the PHO merch he got on PowerHourLSU.com. It's not just Tyler. It's his kid. I got to meet Tyler and, and his kid. We got to take a photo together, and uh, I still have it. I, I cherish it. It's really cool. Some young PHLers. Uh, so, yeah, that's a photo I just saw on Twitter, and you know, obviously I'm working the phones right now. I do think he's about to commit, though. Uh, let's go to Dwayne. Dwayne, I appreciate all your cash outs, and it, it goes a long way. I know you don't look for uh, status or anything like that, but cash apps and Venmos are always the best because it goes straight to me, uh, 100% of it, and uh, I'm able to get it instantly. 
normally if I get a super chat, I got to wait till the 21st, but I love super chats as well. And it's also easier to do that. Um, do we hold on decor to Decorian more next year? Yes. I feel pretty good about that one. Okay. If Cortez Hankton is still at LSU, I still feel pretty good about that. And he will be. Uh, which leads us to this next super chat from Roby. I appreciate it. Do I think Cortez Hankton stays after receive the bowl game as OC? Would he go back to just coaching receivers? He will be the co-offensive coordinator with um, uh, Joe So. Now, in a perfect world, does Cortez Hankton want to be a play caller himself with full 100% autonomy? I'm sure he does. But this is what one Georgia source told me when he came over to LSU, and I really do trust this guy. He's, he knows a lot about football. Okay. He always felt Cortez Hankton was going to be a head coach pretty quickly. And he also felt that Cortez Hankton's stay at LSU wouldn't be long because he crushes interviews because he's a very affable guy. They thought they, this one person believes he's head coach material. So here's the situation that Cortez Hankton is in as far as his career is, is, is concerned. I don't know his career aspirations. I don't. But he makes $900,000 a year. Let me repeat, he makes $900,000 a year. Now, he does not actually call the plays. He is the co-offensive coordinator now, and he's also the passing game coordinator. There is a piece of him that probably wants to go be the 100% coordinator, but there's probably a piece of him that wants to go be a head coach. Do I think Cortez Hankton could be a Division I head coach without ever actually being an O.C.? Abso-freaking-lutely. So, look, if he were to go be the full OC somewhere where the pay is going to be probably around what he already makes and have way more responsibility, sure, go do that. But it would be too lateral, especially when I think he's got a shot to be a head coach without ever actually calling the shots, okay? ADs like to do things that are popular. Cortez Hankton is a very affable, good-looking, successful coach who's won a national championship with Georgia, okay? I think he's got a good shot of being a head coach in the next five years. Might not be at a Mississippi State or something like that, it might be at a Troy or Tulane or something, but I think he I think he's got it if if he just stays the course of what he's doing now. And who's to say he's not gonna have 50-50 play calling duties with, with Sloan anyway next year? So there you go. Let's go to the one that got away for a ten dollar super. I appreciate you. Do I think not being physical in practice is why LSU's defense is so soft? I heard there's not that much contact in practice, so the players can be fresh for games. Okay. So, 
let me first start with the macro and then we'll talk about LSU. Okay. Obviously, contact on all levels of football has gone down. I played high school football 10 years ago or longer than that, actually. And our practices were obscenely physical, obscenely physical. I mean, full speed drills, bring people hard to the ground. We're trying to knock each other out kind of stuff. And we were dog tired in games. I When I look back on it, it's just crazy. So I was on that end of the spectrum. But even though our teams weren't that good in my final years when I played, we still tackled. I mean, we still played well. I mean, we still were physical uh, on defense. But we were tired. Okay, so you can go too hard. And if you were to hurt someone in practice, it sets you back. Um, So could practices be more physical? Sure. But you have to keep in mind that defenses have have been stripped for so long now that all the rules are against them. Now, as far as LSU's practices... Yeah, they probably should be more physical because we really sucked at tackling. But it could just be that the guys that we had playing just weren't that good. And I honestly think there's a good piece of me that feels that way. All right. Um, There are some guys that that start for this defense that I'm not sure are power five level players. I I just don't think so. And I want them to be, all right? I want everybody to succeed at LSU. But it's also important for someone to point this out. I'm not the only one that points this out, okay? Um, it could just be that. Uh, it, it's not all on Matt House, right? I I always ask myself this question. And not and and it's a question that you can that you can answer. You don't have to be an X's and O's person to to answer this question. Okay, you 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 just don't. All right. When you watch a football game, how many players are making spectacular plays? I mean, really incredible plays. All right, and to make it. Even easier for you. Let's just say you're not an X's and O's person. Um, A good way to look at a play is did the play gain the maximum amount of yards available on the play? Or did it gain the minimum? Okay, so perfect example yesterday. JV and Toviano had an unbelievably physical tackle. The play was perfectly blocked. And Toviano had a one-on-one opportunity to tackle someone. He not only tackled him, the running back who had a full head of steam did not gain a molecule of extra yardage on the play. We lost the absolute bare minimum. Okay? That goes a long way for me. That shows me upside. That shows me playmaking ability. Yeah, there wasn't a fumble. Yeah, we ended up <laughs> we ended up giving a score. Later on in the drive, yeah, Toviano had other really rough moments in the game, 
But that was a big play for me, okay? There wasn't a whole lot of that. And I go back to the 2020 defense. That was terrible. It was bad. There were still a lot of guys out there that made some absolutely ridiculous plays. This year, there just wasn't a lot of playmaking. Like, there were times where Jordan Jefferson did something ridiculous. Brayden Swinson did something ridiculous. Whit Weeks did something ridiculous. Andre Sam did something ridiculous. But those were so few and far between. Okay? Were we in the best spot to make plays? No. Were we physical? No. Uh, were we slow to react to things? Yes. We got to be better. We've got to be better. Pat, who's newer, welcome back. Good to see you, man. I keep going back to the selfie. Goodness gracious. This is what I'm looking for from a photo. You got an LSU hat in the middle of the Rockies or wherever this is. I think that's a terrible idea, moving bowls to the beginning of the, of the year. I, I, I do. Um, because uh, uh, look, here's why I think it's a terrible idea. Because because a school like Oregon would gain such a massive advantage versus um, uh, versus a school like uh, Wisconsin, right? So Oregon got overvalued eleven and two Liberty, and Wisconsin got undervalued LSU at ten and no, that's a ten and three team now, right? That's a big advantage for for Oregon over or over Wisconsin, right? And the bowl game is a reward for that team, right? So you're rewarding the next year's team with something they had nothing to do with. Now, some of those players had something to do with it, so that's not entirely true. But that iteration of a team had nothing to do with it. And there's so much coaching turnover. So, you know, do I want the the, the next head coach to, to reap the benefits of the previous coaching staff? I just don't like that idea. And I I, I like Pate. I, I do. I just don't agree with that decision. But that's a good thing. You know, I've, I've chatted with Pate before on Twitter and – um and he's obviously really good at what he does, but that's the brilliance of it, you know. Glacier National Park. That's cool, man. That's a glacier, though. Is that a glacier? Mm. <laughs> One of my old comedy buddies that I used to uh, mentor. Um, had a really good joke about a about a glacier recently, and uh, uh, he's like really funny now. I was at first he wasn't. I was like, "That's awesome! You got this good, man. It takes a lot of work to get that good." Uh, so if you're not good at something, keep working. If you really want it to work out, now you could think you're good at something, but you're not. And maybe you shouldn't keep working at it. But this guy actually became really, really, really funny. Uh, oh, okay. So it wasn't Pate's idea. They were just discussing it. Okay. 
Let's go to Alan here. Who's a winner earlier this week? Thank you for all your super chats, Alan. Uh, it would make sense to move the transfer portal. Yes, I it would. But it's the academic calendar that's the issue. Okay. Here's the thing about college football. There's a lot of things that are broken with it. But then again, college football doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Like, I'm telling you right now, if you were to go to Europe, which I've done, and try to explain college football to people in Europe, it wouldn't make sense. European soccer makes sense on how they do everything. College football makes no sense. All right? And that's the beauty of it. That's part of what makes it beautiful. Okay? And by far the most nonsensical thing about the sport is the most important portion of your offseason is during the season. Okay, let me repeat. The most important part of a college football season is during the season. Okay? I understand. Well, Carter, how can an offseason happen during the season? December is the biggest deciding factor of your next season. Because that's when you sign all your players. That's when the portal opens. And... Oh, uh, what? About half the teams have a bowl game to prepare for. But that's the most important week of your season is before the games are over. So, yeah, you know, the portal would make sense. Oh, yeah, LD88. I won't go, I won't tell that story again because when I tell the story, it 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 makes me burst out into laughter every time to no failure. I've done it once. I only do it during special. If it's the dead of the off season, I, I'll tell it again. But I'll actually get the comic on to to tell the story himself. And it is way funnier than any joke he's ever told. And it's it's funny because I had him on CBS Radio on, on an affiliate in the East Coast tell the story and it's a story of, of a failure so he doesn't actually tell the story on stage um and i was very gracious he told the story on on cbs radio for me um <laughs> it's just so i i don't even want to think about it because it really is that good and uh, this comedian is actually really funny he's probably the funniest headliner i've ever worked with and I want that doesn't mean he's the biggest name headliner I worked with, but he's definitely top three funniest I've ever worked with. He's a very funny guy. Okay. Sure. 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 Edward O, the nuts bus driver. I'll put you on the record. But what if he doesn't do those things? Do you owe me anything? I still remember you're supposed to send me some stuff. I'm still waiting. If you feel that confident, go go put a hundred on a parlay there, and you, you're you're paying for your kid's college fund. 
Hemihurk says he's about to go lay it down for the night. Could mean a lot of different things. Whatever iteration of that, whoever watching this wants to believe, you go for it. Best of luck. Nuts bus on the beans. Now it's not even Monday. It's not even a Monday. Yeah, I don't know, Peg. It's because it's not aesthetically pleasing. What up, bro? You've been hiding on me, Sam. You've been hiding on me, bro. Mm. I'm telling you, man. The dentistry and shoe design business must be popping right now. You must be busy. Shout out to you and the fam. Tell them I said hello. I got to know Samuel's family this year. and They are really, really, really nice. And I will say that Samuel's, Samuel had the best food. I've ever had at a tailgate. Boudin stuffed gator. That that was the best thing I've ever eaten at a tailgate. And if Steve Bean is still watching, you got to step your game up, bro. Oh, you want me to give you a hook em? Well, Sibby, you, you, you hooked me up with some super chats, so I'll... I'll say it. Hook them. Hook them. Yeah, y'all are at y'all's lowest point. Actually, your lowest point was you've had lower points. Was the strong era and the Herman era. Actually, everything post Mac Brown until now. So I'll give you a hook them. I'll give you a large hook them if Derek Williams transferred to LSU. Oh, Samuel, I, I, I told you, if Samuel, Samuel's one of the biggest LSU fans I know. He's been out of the loop, and he's back in it. What's up, bro? Lance is in the portal, so he's, 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 um, we don't know. <sighs> but I'm sorry to tell you, 
then I'm out. I appreciate each and every one of you. We will be back live tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Central. Ed, Ed! Power out. LSU. Boom. Lance Hurt, if you're watching this, come back. And tonight, we're doing Taco Bell. Let's go. Let's go.